This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of July 6, 2019. Someone tell Jim Beam this isn't what we meant by roasted peanuts. Boston Beer completes its buyout of Dogfish Head. Merger. I meant to say merger. Do you like Juniper but don't want to get drunk? Prosecco purses exist. We're confused too. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm floored two times in a row <laughs> that the opening is now working correctly. I don't, it, this is... Stop saying it out loud. It's a miracle. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Actually, it's probably from the uh, the blood sacrifice that has been been committed in uh, in Kentucky. A fire at Jim Beam Warehouse in Versailles, Kentucky, was in its third day of burning on Thursday as Kentucky officials began assessing the environmental impact of the leaking bourbon into the nearby wow. waterways. Let's also point out he did not mispronounce that as far as Kentucky is concerned. As far <laughs> exactly. as America Versailles. is concerned, honestly, let's be serious. <laughs> so the warehouse caught fire Tuesday night and burned through Wednesday morning before a containment system was set up at the warehouse. A uh, spokesperson for Kentucky Energy and Environment Cabinet said that the bourbon barrels were purposely being allowed to burn off on Thursday. The move is meant to help prevent more runoff from polluting waterways and nearby sources of drinking water. See, I heard uh, someone asked me on Wednesday, like, did you hear about the, the Jim Beam? Fi-? Yes, yes, of course I heard about it. <laughs> I didn't need to hear. I woke up in the middle of the night and it was as if... A thousand, thousands of barrels had suddenly cried out at all at once, and they were instantly silenced. I, I woke up that morning and knew like this, everything, just something felt off. I, I couldn't ba- place it. My, my barrel was gone. <laughs> I knew mine was one of those that, because, that were lost in that. Because I'm not lucky enough for my Kentucky, for my uh, one barrel per Kentucky citizen mm. to so, have not been from somewhere I didn't like, like Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah. So the warehouse contained about 40, well, they're not saying quite about, they're saying exactly 45,000 barrels lost in this collapse. Uh, and partner that with the 18,000 lost almost a year ago exactly in the Barton 1792 warehouse collapse. And we've lost a lot of bourbon. Also partner that with the, um, I can't remember which distillery it was at, but the huge holding tank. That ruptured and caused oh, yeah, the yeah. giant wave of bourbon. That was a hundred and twenty thousand gallons. You know, they're saying they're looking for people to help clean this up. I'm willing to bite that bullet. I'll go down <laughs> to that river, open my mouth wide. <laughs> but this whole thing, so there is, there's been a uh, massive impact on Kentucky wildlife. Our <laughs> the streams and rivers yeah. have taken a beating from all these. Uh, and the new one at, from Jim Beam is expected to reach uh, the Ohio River and come up into Cincinnati by Monday morning. Right now, there's currently, an, basically, you call it an alcohol slick, uh, 30 miles long. So. Killing fish in all the streams. See, that's the thing that I'm most 
kind of upset or sad about. I, I, yeah. Oh, all these distilleries do not think they they're getting off with this and be like, oh, it's a oh, tragedy. No, no, the EPA is coming down and, and like hammering to them because this is they're treating it as a chemical spill, which is what it is. I mean, yeah, basically. They're like, no, this is a hazardous chemical that, due to whatever you screwed up, is now being <laughs> spilled out everywhere into Kentucky waterways. Mm-hmm. And so they are being fined out the ass for this stuff. I don't want to make light of the fact that a, the, the, a lot of river life and wildlife in general are going to be affected by this. However, I feel I would I feel like I have to make the joke that if this had happened a little earlier in the year, it hits the Kentucky River, it hits the Ohio River, and it makes its way down to the Mississippi just in time for Mardi Gras. <laughs> They'd have just all walked out to the river. Uh, no, it's. It's expected to be pretty horrid when it hits the Ohio River. They're saying at the yeah. probably where whatever river, I guess the Kentucky River, uh, hits it, it's probably going to kill everything at that that point <laughs> in the river. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be harsh. On that side of it, it's bad. And then that's I'm still like, what is this? So for bourbon in general, because this is all relatively young whiskey at this point mm-hmm. from the Jim Beam. They, like they were just boys. They were just boys. They were only children. So that's how much we've lost. Like, how is this going to impact the market? So you've yeah, lost it, sixty thousand barrels, and I don't know how many gallons go into each barrel. Like off the top of my head, I, I, we've talked about it before, and the number is just not in my brain. But then you take the hundred and twenty thousand gallons that were lost from the equipment malfunction at uh, the one distillery and we've lost a crap ton of bourbon in the last year. Yeah. And then uh, bourbon's already getting to the point where it's getting priced to where it's going to start seeing, you know, a drop in sales. So yeah. suddenly running out in a couple of years. Hello, scotch. <laughs> hey, uh, saying uh, it for a while. Scotch is, scotch is coming, coming back in a big way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mainly because it's not, you know, being lost. <laughs> I was gonna well, say it's yeah. not it's not like Japan where they don't make enough or Kentucky where we're just setting it on fire. <laughs> it just randomly we have, goes we, away. We have so much of it that that's that's what what we do for a a good hoot on the fourth is let's go let's go burn down Jim Beam. Well, I mean maybe maybe someone just took my idea, which was to turn their car into a fireworks platform and just strap Roman candles <laughs> to the windows and light them up and just go drive down a major highway. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the I fire mean, there. Um, they're just guessing at this point. No one really knows exactly what, but there were some pretty harsh thunderstorms coming through the area that evening, so they're thinking a lightning strike is what, what triggered this, and they were trying to be as uh, environmentally friendly as they could by letting it burn so that they didn't further flush more alcohol into the rivers. Yeah. So they were just like, let's just let it burn, because I think they said ethanol was the only thing left burning by, uh, by Thursday. It- so they were like, just let it burn off. It'd, it'd yeah, be better they, for the if they go in there and try to like disturb something, like some barrel's gonna tip over and just gush out more. Yeah, more and stuff. they'll just be flushing any unburned liquid into the river. So they're like, you know what? Let it all cook. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be easier than than trying to like create a, a, a an impromptu dike around. Yeah, well, there was there was no diking or damming, and there was nothing they could do at this point. Again, it's a oh yeah thirty mile long stream of alcohol mm-hmm. in the Kentucky River. And there are like there are videos showing them like they're just all the fish are dying and <laughs> we're gonna have to have a uh, 
a at this point for the way this rate this is going, we're gonna have to start building dikes along rivers in Kentucky <laughs> just to catch the distilleries. Yeah, yeah, just to catch the excess bourbon that's been spilled. And there's there's instead of a little boy with his finger plugging up the dike, it's like a drunk man <laughs> trying to <laughs> with a straw. <laughs> Crazy straw. Uh, yeah, um, I don't think taxpayers would uh, would do that here. They're too busy building things that are useless. <laughs> As always. Uh, but let's someone cheer me up. This is I'm I'm feeling down. We've got to. Well, um, it. I can't cheer you. I I can I can give you confusing news. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. Give me ambiguous news. Well, Boston Beer Dog Head Buy Up Merger is is complete. Okay. Uh, yeah, pulling this from uh, Brewbound Boston Beer. We talked about this a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I guess. Uh, God, it's already July. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Boston Beer and Dogfish Head were merging with Boston Beer basically still keeping all of its structure and Dogfish Head just getting absorbed. Uh, it does not sound like a merger to me. No. But it officially closed the deal on July 3rd, uh, nearly two months after the top two craft beer companies announced the deal, according to documents filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. So this... <clears throat> Still, you brought two of the most charismatic figures in craft beer now in the same company. It's Jim. just, it, you just, I want to see amazing things happen from this. I, I want to see, see Jim and Sam just, like, yeah. just traveling America, drinking together. I think that, do you think their offices are, like, together and it's like stepbrothers where they just, like, duct tape bunk beds together and they're just, like... <laughs> no, I'd like to imagine that it's like, hey, I make beer. I make beer too. Here, smell these hops. <gasps> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. I mean, I think that that already happened. I mean, <laughs> uh, but I I also want them to do several videos of, along those same lines. Well, <laughs> that would be great. They, they had been doing like a lot of like video yeah. outreach stuff. So no, I maybe, know that. Maybe little... I literally just want like buddy cop, like <laughs> Sam Calgioni and Jim Cook. Sam and Jim. They just get. Look, they just have to corral Jim to do it. He's usually drunk, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it all works out. Anytime I've ever seen the man, he's been drunk. In fairness, it's been Oktoberfest, so. <laughs> yeah. It's and probably not a good sample size. They're always <laughs> trying to keep him from drinking. They're like, oh, we've not tapped the keg yet. And he's always like, it's my beer. It's my beer. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> tap it when I feel like. <laughs> Well, as such, <laughs> Dogfish Head co-founders Sam and Maria Calgione uh, are now officially employees of Boston Beer Company, and it feels so good for them, I'm sure. <laughs> All that money. Uh, according to an, uh, to an 8K, Sam's title moving forward is founder and brewer of Dogfish Head. Uh, additionally, Dogfish Head's president and COO, George Pastrana's title is now... <laughs> President of the Delaware Craft Brewery, uh, Calgione and Pastrana will both report to Boston Beer CEO David Burnwick. Burwick. Who you so, never hear about, by the way. Like Jim. Cook well, is I mean, he's not the face. Of, he's there to do the work. Yeah, I know, but I mean, even like every now and then, you still hear about the CEO doing X or something. You know, just like you always like I always forget who the guy is. That's so. That's kind of the the downside. <clears throat> that you like if you start if you start brewing and then you know your brewery grows and becomes big and you love brewing you don't get to brew anymore 
you have to run yeah. the company. Yeah, you got to get business people. Otherwise, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's one now, of the Sam, weird things about it. Sam's title is brewer, but not head brewer. <laughs> exactly, because well, he steps in. I'm yeah, because sure, he's got about a billion other things to do, probably. He, he's sure. there chewing the chicha when they did that weird <laughs> crap, <laughs> spitting it into buckets. <laughs> I think Bob's got a hairball. Mm. Oh, don't don't make me remember that. <laughs> that I it exists. Hope, I hope we don't lose that from dogfish in this. That just that the weird crap. That's all. It's always made them. I don't so think great. we would just because like they both the, both of those companies and both of those people for that matter, like respect the other enough. They seem to anyway, and um, also respect craft beer enough to not oh. screw with stuff. You know? As long as Dogfish Head is still like that brand is still making money for them, I think they'll be fine. They can use it. It's going to sound dumb, but they can use it as sort of like an R and D section for them. Which is basically like, what Dogfish Head has become. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, mean, like that's what they do. Craft R and D, pretty much. Yeah, that's they're always like, let's try some really weird crap. It's like Jim just yeah staggers in there. Hey, the CEO said we need to do something. Well, I'm currently trying to brew beer out of dung beetles. <laughs> All right, let's give her a whirl. <laughs> you do you. Nope. nope, not doing that. Okay. I'll be back later with with this one made from fresh amber and also duck tongues. Someone needs to stop this man. I'm Everyone's just, too drunk to say anything. This is such a TV show. <laughs> just it's, picturing like Sam Calgione's got the lab coat on and, you know. I say it's not the odd hair. couple because they're the same. No. <laughs> the drunk no couple. One's, no one's the uptight one. It's, yeah. it's yeah. the one that's like... I guess he's doing this. And the other, you know, <laughs> it's the brewing equivalent of like the mad scientist that, you know, explodes out of his lab every day. Like something, you know, some chemical gone wrong. He's like, I'm fine. Everything's okay here. That's what we need. No, we need something that's like Bill Nye, only it's with the two of them talking <gasps> brewing science. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. We need to cut the stream now. No one can hear about the, about the Bill Nye brewer brewing science project. You could just see it, like, because... Brittany, edit this out. This is our <laughs> Sam, own personal use. Sam already kind of has the same speech pattern that Bill Nye used in the old videos. And I'm like, no, that's perfect. Mm, yeah. <sighs> well, Pretty great. But you know what isn't perfect? Y- you know what kind of... You know when science might have gone wrong? <laughs> gin? And also low, low alcohol gin. I'm putting those both together. Um, <laughs> so we have a low ABV gin... That's the same strength as light beer. What's the point? Oh, it's all take a second. Okay. <laughs> it says, uh, when mixed with tonic, this low alcohol spirit can make cocktails that are less than 1% ABV. <laughs> At that point, Why? you're making your own seltzer. Yeah. Like your own hard seltzer. Like you just, that's, you're just about some juniper. Um, so canned cocktails and hard seltzer have been a growing trend for drinkers looking for an alternative to beer. But over in England, of course, uh, a distillery has gone even further, attempting to recreate a full-blown gin, in quotes, uh, because it doesn't actually fit the legal definition of gin, uh, that has the same ABV as Miller Lite. Oh, what a oh, horrible good. example. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good goal to strive for. Yeah. Uh, so this month, uh, London-based gin brand Portobello Road will launch Temperance, 
Wow. Uh, a new lower alcohol spirit that clocks in at just 4.2% ABV, which has been crafted especially for gin fans who are looking to moderate their intake of alcohol, yet don't want to compromise on flavor. I, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> gin fans. They're all five of them, yes. Are, they're they're are alcoholics. In there's, they're, they're, there's more there than here. According to the brand, that means this drink is distilled using the same nine time-honored botanicals that comprise Portobello Road Gin's signature London Dry and Navy Strength. But to dial down the alcohol, like way down, <laughs> co-founder Jake F. Berger developed bespoke techniques and added additional ingredients such as naturally high mineral content water, botanical hydrosols, and one or two secret ingredients to ensure the spirit harbors the intensity of flavor, texture, and depth demanded by the modern drinker. So wow. before I search what a hydrosol is, I'd like to imagine it's like a parasol and a hydrofoil together. <laughs> like it's just a, a, I'm buying that a parasol that spins real fast in one way that jets you across rivers. <laughs> I'm on board, yeah. So I'm gonna that, go that ahead. eats right into my steampunk stuff. I'm going to go ahead and assume the secret ingredient is uh, a spoonful of pure LSD. (laughs) Hydrosoil, also known as hydrolytes, are aqueous products of distillation that carry hydrophilic properties, water-soluble components of the plant solution, as well as microscopic droplets of essential oils in suspension. Okay, a lot of words. That's Uh, that's less cool. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make a hydrosol. I'm going to make my version of a hydrosol. Yes. No, I'm on board for that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, if anything so, else, you can sell the patent to Boring Company, probably. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so despite the low ABV, temperance isn't intended to be drunk straight like a mixed drink in a can. It's supposed to replace gin entirely. <laughs> Portobello Road recommends mixing it with a premium tonic water and twist of pink grapefruit, bringing the ABV down even further. The brand toasts that a one, one part to four parts gin and tonic made with temperance, would be less than 1% ABV. <sighs> so when you when you really just don't want to get drunk, yeah. call them. Essentially just a mocktail at that point. Yeah. Um, it was important to us that the spirit retained the flavor and texture of a classic gin. In fact, the juniper, cassia bark, and citrus notes are even pronounced in temperance, resulting in an unmistakably ginny flavor. Ginny. <laughs> Uh, the bold aromatic qualities of temperance mean that when mixed with tonic or in a cocktail, its character and depth are incredibly pronounced. We anticipate temperance being used as the only base spirit in long, very low alcohol drinks, um, and also as an ingredient in drinks using multiple spirits where bartenders are looking to lower the overall ABV, which I didn't really think was an issue, but uh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, sometimes people are you know because that's the that's the fad now. Let's let's yeah. Let's lower, get you something that's lower the calories, lower the carbs, and yeah, which is I mean that's essentially what's it, what's what's going on there. Don't worry, soon this trend will fad out when everyone realizes they could just be drinking water. <laughs> Probably, but or you... or the hard water seltzer stuff at, at the very least. You know what? The people <laughs> who are going to buy that are probably also going to be purchasing. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> We have a great we have a great brand for for just al- watered down alcohol. It's called hard water, but it's like water hard with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, w- would you just call it hard water? Just like a nice 
you know, play on kind of a double entendre with, you know, never mind. Nuclear material? No, that's heavy water. (laughs) I'll see myself out. (laughs) So, um, people who are buying that uh, nasty whatever, you can't even call it gin, are probably also interested in Prosecco purses. Uh, Sure, because I can't see anyone being interested in either. Transparent bags are apparently trending this summer with uh, leading designers as Chanel. And I'm not, I'm not going to keep trying to say these because it's just, no. Uh, Fendi. <laughs> Fendi. Uh, for all the Prosecco lovers out there, Rufino is also getting in on the action. The Italian wine producer has partnered with indie Brooklyn designer Sticky Baby. Okay. Sticky Baby. We're going to go on. Yeah. Real quick, I think it's not pronounced Rufino. I think it's a uh, Rufino to right. create a transparent purse. Apparently, this you you have to collaborate with someone to create clear plastic, uh, which comes with movable inserts to hold mini bottles of prosecco. But still, the bag is waterproof, so you can chill your Rufino wine on ice. I, I believe they just made a clear plastic cooler and are calling That's- it a purse. It looks like there's a thick Ziploc bag with a wooden handle. Yes. Yeah, the wooden handle sets it sets the whole thing off. Oh, and it's gonna cost you a hundred bucks for what looks like a Ziploc baggie with a wooden handle. Yeah. I'm at a loss on this one, guys. <laughs> I've been at a loss on the last two. So, what's what's I'm an angry angry man yelling now? I love purses. <laughs> But I'm not a big, like, I'm not good at fashion, generally. I am very confused here. Your damn kids and, and your cloudy beers and your, your plastic purses. I wouldn't want to have a transparent purse. Nobody wants to see what's in my purse. It's a disaster. <laughs> Just like receipts, as far as the eye can see. Your purse stresses me out. It stresses me out. <laughs> Just imagine if you could see it. Ugh. Uh, yeah well you know what you need a good drink of to handle that stress um sure (laughs) uh pabst debuts hard coffee and everyone says it tastes like yoohoo i sure so according to unofficial but very real reports including a beer distributors youtube page Nearly 200 untapped reviews and a tip from VinePair. Um, Pabst Brewing has debuted a new product, Pabst Hard Coffee. Which, on paper, this is kind of smart. Like, it just, yeah, did, that's a good did idea. They, did they learn nothing from Four Loco? Mm, good point. Uh, the canned beverage has a coffee and cream colored label that reads The Original Pabst Blue Ribbon Hard Iced Coffee with a Dash of Milk. This Java brew balances a rich, creamy blend with a whipped vanilla flavor. Not a bad description. Um, Shorepoint Distributing of Freehold, New Jersey, posted an ad for the brew on YouTube on Monday. The distributor was also among the first to, quote, check in to the drink on beer review website Untapped. Uh, since then, more than 100 users have checked in to the as-yet-unannounced as brand, the 5% ABV alcoholic coffee has garnered a general consensus of being a frappuccino-like coffee chocolate milkshake akin to the childhood chocolate drink Yoohoo. 
Wait, are Frappuccinos like Yoo-Hoo's? I have no idea. Kind of. I mean, they taste better than that, because there's way more mm. sugar. <laughs> I No, look, Yoo-Hoo's were, were my jam as a child, so I can't imagine you saying that it tastes better than that. <laughs> I, I always thought Yoo-Hoo had a strange bit to it, but... Um, I also Look, didn't grow it's up what I early. ate. It's what I ate when my great grandmother fried chicken. <laughs> mm. So, fair. Um, so yeah, somebody noted uh, yoo-hoo with a bit of booze. Um, somebody else said tastes like yoo-hoo with a coffee aftertaste. Yum. Uh, yeah, all of this, all of these sound just fine, honestly. Uh, beer label tipster my beer buzz posted an image of the PBR coffee label in April 2019, Paps told VinePair via Twitter that the hard coffee label is in limited release in Pennsylvania, Maine, New Jersey, Florida, and Georgia. If you want to see if it's near you in any of those states, you can check out our product finder on the website. Because that's how Florida man needed to start his day. <laughs> I know. Best part of waking up. Is you win your cup. Is Pabst in your cup? I was gonna say, if if you want to take one for the team, Tyler in Maine. Hey, <laughs> maybe see if you can see them anywhere. I don't know. I, I think I'll just continue to Irish up my coffee. That's uh, you could just dump some whiskey in there, and you're you're getting. Yeah, I'm just a sucker for the uh, job done. I'm a sucker for like the coffee, like the. I mean, I prefer like cold brew, I guess, but. Still, that just sounds Look, mighty tasty. I, I, I have to applaud Paps for realizing that they're not going to win with beer and that they should <laughs> and that move on to, to alternatives. The, again, mm. they're thinking ahead of everyone else. Everyone else is still on hard seltzer, and they're like, hard seltzer? No, that's that's so 2018. Coffee, coffee's still kind of a trend thing to do. I mean, it's not hard a bad idea. Hard canned coffee. That's the future. Well, yeah, no one, no one's doing that right now. So it's like, okay, it's it's a bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> right. Uh, <coughs> what? Well, well, let's see what else could pay off. I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know what else pays off? Giant agave plants. Uh, apparently, they've been uh, they fertilized the agave plant with uh, Viagra. Yeah, and they did it 57 years ago. There is, uh, as the BBC reports, a giant tequila plant is set to flower for the first and only time after more than half a century. So when we were looking at this story, me plant. and Justin, yes, that's that was our... I was like, no, not a agave plant, a tequila plant. So that's a more like, what is this? Is it kind of like a tree that blooms and it's just like bottles of tequila hanging off of it? <laughs> you just walk up and it's just in ascending order. You can pick some Jose Cuervo off the bottom branches, <laughs> but you climb up to the top, you'll get some, I don't know, something else. You got to make a real effort to get up to the Patron and the Espelon. <laughs> <sighs> well... Uh, the flower spike appeared a month ago at Cambridge University Botanic uh, Botanic Garden and is now three meters tall, or ten feet. Wow! So yeah, yeah good that's, job. That's that's some <laughs> big agave. Uh, can you just imagine? There's some uh, some uh, uh, you know Mexican farmhand that yeah. reads this story and just goes, "I'm not cutting that down." Yeah. They're, looks, they're not small plants to begin with. So like it's, it's so odd to look at. If you like looking at the pictures of it, it looks like a ten foot asparagus. Yeah, they describe it yeah, as they looking like a ten foot asparagus. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like, and it's extremely phallic in nature. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the staff have been tending the agave uh, from which tequila is made since uh, 1962. <laughs> 
But and but until it flowers, they cannot be sure exactly what species it is. Wow. So they don't know exactly what they've been growing. <laughs> until it I mean, dies. At this point, you've got to see it out, yeah? <laughs> yeah. The experts of the garden were delighted to see the plant's spike begin to grow, indicating it will finally bloom. Uh, That's what she said. Uh, the succulent resembles a giant asparagus, uh, asparagus spear, and is related to the vegetable, as they are both members of the Asparagaceae family. Right. I mean, you. I say. So Today it, I learned. Tequila plant is in quotes, but at the same time, you're like, what else are we really using agave for? Like, yeah, maybe agave nectar or whatever, but that's kind of it. <laughs> uh, it is known. Uh, it is not known how tall it will grow, but plans are in place to remove panes from the arid ho- house roof so it can continue its journey upwards. That's amazing. Uh, the agaves are uh, monocarpic, which means they only flower once. Set seed and die. Oh, well, that's just uh, But yeah, they uh, although the staff believe staff believes the spe- it might be the species agave heterocanatha. Sure, they cannot be sure until they see what the fi- what sort of flower it finally produces, and they think it could take another month before it blooms. <laughs> So is someone watching this thing like 24-7 just to try or do they just have like a webcam on it? Is there somewhere I can go and... I'm not Please sure. Please there be a live feed. It is, it is very exciting, they said. Uh, it was uh, sitting there quite, uh, quite quietly, then all of a sudden, it happened. <laughs> uh, once an agave plant dies, it sometimes produces a, new, uh, produces a new rosette at the base, and she hopes this one will do the same so that some part of it will remain. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And they also say, uh, two years ago, Denvin Homer was equally surprised when her agave shot up nine meters, 30 feet, and flowered after lying dormant for 20 years. Jeez. You, you've got to be like, no, I'm not in it what? to try and like get agave plants to do this. That is, those, tri- those time frames are like buying parrots. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to like, buy a pet that's going to outlive me. I don't want to buy a plant that it's like you're going through that long like oh a quarter century just to find out you know what the hell's up with it i like to imagine that this other one <laughs> happened overnight like it was a jack and the beanstalk scenario they just went <laughs> <laughs> they woke up the next morning like uh <laughs> i told you we shouldn't have traded that cow <laughs> yeah well all right always end on a great note uh so we would like to remind everyone that this is our news only show but we do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink if you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you again next weekend. <clears throat> I, as, I hope my voice stays together. Uh, once again, <laughs> I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>